We want to lift up to you young Ethan right now. We speak healing as a church into his body. We pray healing right into his cells so that his body will produce all the blood that it needs, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Father God, for the medicine to do its work. It will not do any harm but only good. But most of all, we pray your great healing. Thank you, Jesus. Carry each and every one of these families here. May they be blessed with a special sense of your presence this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Well, good morning. Good morning, beloved of God. Good morning, New Life Community Church family. Uh, Even in the midst of real challenges, I hope you had some good eats this week. Some good time with family. And no matter what your circumstances are, when we step into the action of giving thanks, as we remember to count our blessings, uh, we are able to experience joy even in the midst of that. The love of God, the joy being how God is loving you uh, that we may not always recognize in our lives. So it is so important that we give thanks. Now, believe it or not, the Christmas season is already upon us. Black Friday, just things opening up. And that could fill you with warm fuzzies or (laughs) it could also fill you with some worries (laughs) during the season. Uh, It may mean, oh, boy, it may mean more than you can handle, busyness. It it could maybe bring up some insecurities of, oh, man, is there going to be enough? Um, Well, this morning, God has a word of hope. For us. So we want to take that in. So please stand if you are able for the reading of God's word from the book of Luke, chapter 1. Luke, chapter 1, starting from verse 26 to verse 38. And I will be reading from the NIV. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One that is to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. God of gods, king of kings, 
thank you for your love. Thank you for your favor that allows us to even be here today. Lord God, we give you every burden, everything we carry in our hearts, spoken or unspoken. We, you know them. We give them into your hands. Help us now to give every worry into your hands and to trust you. You know about them. And you said that if we put you first, you're going to take care of those things. But, Lord God, help us to put you first this morning. Help us to be fully present to here, not just in our bodies, but in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. Be present to you, the word you want to speak to us this morning. And give us hearts of faith like Mary to receive your word, to trust you, and to step into surrendering to your truth. Thank you, Lord. May your Holy Spirit just really apply that word into our lives and help us, Lord God, to live out of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So today, the first Sunday after Thanksgiving, we are beginning a series on the book of Luke. We are excited to dig into this book together, to find out and live out of all the treasures that the gospel of Luke will show us. And just a little background on Luke, the author of this book that we're going to be going into. Luke was a doctor. Uh, so you're, you're going to find more details that other gospels don't include. Say details. Details. All right. We're going to get into some life-giving details. Now, Luke, not only was he a doctor, he was also an outsider to the Jewish culture. Say outsider. Outsider. Now, Luke's gospel, or what we call the, the testimonies about the life of Jesus, there's four of them we find in Scripture. But Luke's gospel is the only one that is written by someone who was not a Jew of Israel. He was not on the inside of the Jewish culture. Right? At best, maybe he was a Greek Jew. So he was Jewish by ethnicity, but he culturally he, he grew up uh, in the Greek culture. And some scholars believe that he might have actually been a Gentile, not a Jew at all. So he knows a little bit about being on the outside. So it's no wonder that the book of Luke, it's going to have a theme. You're going to see this come up, running through it, of Jesus' special attention to outsiders, to the nobodies in society, being shown God's favor and love. And God's kingdom you'll see is an upside-down kingdom. And what I mean by that is it's not a kingdom like this world, which, you know, the ballers are the one getting all the praise. Instead, the kingdom of God is such that the people that we might consider the least in society, those are the great ones. So it's reversed in the kingdom of God. And you're going to see this even in this passage. So as we read this passage, some of you may be familiar. It is classic Christmas passage, we're starting our Luke series with a mini-series within the series on Advent, which is a preparation for Christmas. So what is Advent? What is Advent? Uh, some of y'all, uh, you know, open up little chocolate boxes, but actually, Advent is taken from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. The coming. That is the coming of Jesus into our world. It's a season where we as believers, we're going to remember and we're going to prepare our hearts 
for Jesus, for his birth into our broken world. And even Adventist, this coming means waiting his return for his second coming. So Advent is a space for us to take in how God, he took on flesh. He came into our neighborhoods, into our lives so that he could be with us. That's what we remember in Advent. So the first Advent of Jesus, the Christmas story, the story of the birth of Christ is actually only found in detail in two books of the Bible, in Matthew and Luke that we read here. But from the perspective of Luke, as a doctor, we're going to find the most details about the birth. And from his perspective as an outsider, we're going to find the birth of Jesus is mainly actually going to be from the perspective of Mary, not from the perspective of Joseph the man, which is more the perspective in Matthew. So what do we see in this first passage from Luke? In this passage, I could see God's favor, I could see God's word, and I see God's servant. First one, God's favor. Where do I see God's favor specifically for the nobodies? Where do I see these details? We'll start with a verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Okay, who's Elizabeth? Elizabeth, if you go back and read what comes before this, Elizabeth, she was an old woman. She was a faithful woman. But you'll see that she was also unable to bear children. So she was old. She was a woman. And on top of that, she was unable to have children. Now, in that society, if you couldn't have children, in that society, you were seen as cursed by God, forgotten by God, a nobody. But God starts this book, gave her favor to bear a child miraculously in her old age. And not just any child, but the child would become John the Baptist, who is a powerful witness to the Messiah, the Savior. Next, we see the angel of God. What neighborhood does he go to? He goes to a neighborhood called Nazareth. Now, for us, we, we, we've heard that a lot. But did you know Nazareth is not even mentioned once in the Old Testament? Like, it was literally, uh, geographically, if you look on it on a map, it's on the outside border. It was like a border town of Israel. So it was kind of like outside the center of Jewish life. So Nazareth was this like border town of nobodies. People talk with an accent from there, right? You'll, you'll, if you pick that up later, you see people recognize Peter's like, hey, where are you, where are you from? You're talking country. You know, like a paisa or something, right? Like, you, you have an accent, right? It was a poor, dusty place for nobodies. A no good hood or barrio, if we would say it in these days. Yet this, this is where God sent his angel. This is where God in human form, he chose to grow up in this neighborhood. Then we get these lines. The angel shows up in this neighborhood to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. It says in verse 27, the virgin's name was Mary. 
the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So of all the people God sends his angel to, to the birth, the news of the birth of the Savior of the world is a young girl from this no-place hood. And scholars believe that at most this girl was probably 14 years old. Can you believe that? Okay, put it here. She's like an eighth grader or a ninth grader at most. And this girl, the angel told her, you are highly favored. And that the Lord is with you. Then it says she was greatly troubled by these words. I was like, if I heard these words, an angel showed up and said, oh, you got the favor of God. I'd be hyped. I'd be like, yeah, that's right. But Mary, she was, why was she troubled by these words? Because a greeting like this, I don't think we get this, a greeting like this, with this kind of title and honor, a girl would never, ever hear those words addressed to her. Never. So she might have been thinking it didn't fit her expectation at all of how someone would greet her. So it made her think this is some terrible joke or some heavy judgment is coming. This, this can't be for me. But the angel tells her, do not be afraid. And, and you hear the re repetition of the word favor. You're highly favored. God's favor is on you. The word for favor in the original Greek that this was written is the word charis. Say charis. Charis. Where we get charismatic, right? Somebody who's just like, woo, right? Gets lots of, just has that fire in them. Charis. But charis, it means, has another meaning. It means grace. Now, you know, in Christianese, in the church, we hear the word grace. It's a girl's name. A grace, but grace, what grace means is favor or love and blessing you do not deserve. Grace is undeserved favor. That's what grace is. So if you think of it this way, you are highly graced. God's grace is on you. Maybe we hear it like this, because you know, we we revere Mary. But what's interesting is, uh, and, and she, she's, you can see from her response, she's special. But it doesn't say anywhere in this passage explicitly that God chose Mary because she was already righteous. Do you hear me? It doesn't say anywhere in this passage, you are righteous. See, you're doing all the right things. That's why I favor you. That's not, it doesn't say that. Well, you know, Dave, you could kind of figure that out. But did you know the passage right before, it does God says he shows up to Elizabeth and John's dad because they were righteous. But this one says you are careless. God's grace is on you. That you don't deserve, but his favor is on you. That's what he's saying. And the first thing associated with favor is not the gifts that God gives, but his presence. In that first introduction that the angel comes in, 
in verse 28, he says, Mary, you're highly favored, Charis. And then the angel says, you know why? Because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Did you know that everything good flows from his presence? Anything good that we have, it comes from God. So without God's presence, there is no blessing. The most important thing is his presence. That is a sign, the center of his favor, of his grace to us. That he'd be with us. So in all these details, you see God has special love and favor for nobodies. Right? He, he proves that through nobodies like Elizabeth. He chooses the place of nobodies. And his promise goes to a nobody like Mary. Okay, what does this have to do with me? The favor, the grace of God, he comes to the nobodies. Now, if you feel like a somebody this morning, that's God's grace that has helped you to be somebody. But if you feel like a nobody... If you've ever felt or been treated that way, he has a special eye on you. Because he loves to bring his greatness to our nobodiness. The next thing in this passage, I see God's word, God's word that will not fail. In verse 31 it says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great. And will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I hope you caught this in the, in the emphasis. An angel is a messenger that speaks the word of God. And the angel doesn't say, hey, you might, if you're good... You might get this blessing. He says, no, you will. This will happen. The Son of God will be born through you. So it's not a threat. It's a promise. It's a good kind of promise. So, you know, even why they mention David. David means it should be, if she was Jewish, if she is, she would know right away, hey, this is King David. This is a prophecy given to King David that there would come from him a king who would reign forever. And she's like, oh, my gosh. It's happening. The Savior's coming. What our people have been waiting for, it's happening. It's going to happen to me. But, you know, uh, how is this going to happen? You know, that's a reasonable question, I think, you know. Uh, so you like, well, well, first of all, who, who am I? And then second of all, how is this going to happen? Uh, you know, so it's reasonable, Mary asked, how will this be since I am a virgin? You know, I haven't even been with a guy. And so the angel, the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The angel says, look, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. It's going to empower you to give birth to a child even without a man. This is kind of impossible sort of situation. It's, it's beyond anything this young girl, this teenage girl could conceive. And it's going to happen in a way that's like, 
What? How? God is gracious. He knows this. So he even puts in this little piece. Just in case you're not sure. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, past the time where she could. And she was told that she was unable to conceive. She's already in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. The angel gives Mary a sign that the impossible is already happening. That her cousin, relative Elizabeth, is already pregnant. Okay, Dave, this is fantastic. What does this have to do with me? Has God ever given you a word, an image, a vision, a promise that just seems so outside of what you're worth, your imagination and your ability? Has that, has that ever happened to any of you? Has he ever given you a word that seems impossible? That seems too hard to carry out? Yes, it is impossible. But we must remember the scripture, verse 37, the final verse. No word from God will ever fail is what that angel says. Do you believe that? Think, what miracles has God already done in your life, church? What sort of ways has he shown you that he will not fail? His word doesn't fail. What are the signs? And I know we have some stories in here. What are the signs and stories that he's already given to you? That he's faithful and that he shows up for you. Recall those things now. What has he already given you signs of? So much better than we deserve. So we see God's favor and we see God's word. And we could stand on this promise. No word from God will ever fail. Because God backs up that word. The last thing I see in this passage is surrender. God's servants surrender to his word. In verse 38, how does this girl respond? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Do you see this posture of Mary's surrender to God's word? It's amazing. If you think about it, this teen girl, it, 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 it should challenge us this morning. It's a model for us. After all this craziness that God speaks, she's able to say, I am the Lord's servant. What does that mean? That means I'm down. I'm down, God, for whatever you say. It means I'm completely surrendered to you. I will do whatever you say, whatever it takes. That's that posture of total surrender and trust. Okay, I need to understand what this will mean for all the girls. Well, this gets kind of lost in the Hallmark versions of Christmas, right? She's engaged to be married, right? Remember this. To someone, but she's going to get pregnant with a baby whose daddy is not going to be her husband. Woo! If people would talk about that kind of baby daddy drama today... In a traditional society, forget about it. 
You'll see in the other passage in Matthew, uh, seriously, she could be killed for this. This is what she's saying, yes, to the Lord for. And then if that isn't crazy enough, you know, if, they, if someone says, okay, who's the daddy then? Oh, I'm not pregnant by some guy. I'm pregnant by God. What? <laughs> she sounds crazy. This is what she's surrendering to. Her willingness with this yes means her willingness to undergo all the stuff that's going to come with that. The persecution, the responsibility, like how you're supposed to raise the son of God. Have you ever thought about that? That's what she's saying yes to whatever. Because she's also saying yes to Jesus, <laughs> the Savior. Mary's response is let your word, not my word, let your word be fulfilled. That's where she's resting her trust on the word of God. Okay, that's a nice story, Dave, but uh, what? That's 2,000 years ago. What might surrender look like in modern times? Uh, some of us in recovery circles, maybe you know a little bit. Uh, it's not just a one-time surrender. <laughs> it's a, a lot of surrender. Uh, I heard this amazing testimony by Letitia Wright. If you don't know her, that's okay. She's the actress who played Princess Shuri in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, right? She shares a testimony of her life years back. This is a trip. Acting, she confessed, was her God. Acting used to be her God. She, she recounts comparing herself to others and just being totally self-critical and just kind of obsessed with acting, just being the best. In 2015, she'd come from like this film festival, and then she came home, and then she felt this emptiness. She felt like something was missing in her life. And then, by God's grace, there were some Christians around her, and she saw the light of her Christian friends, the the joy, the peace that they had. And she said, I wanted that. But she's like, I don't know who this Jesus is or this, how this Jesus is even going to relate to me. Uh, and she fell into a pattern of depression where she said she would go into a dark room on purpose. And, and in one of these times, deep in her depression, a friend called her just out of the blue and, and called her and told her, hey, is everything Okay. I just sense something is wrong, and God want me to call you. And then she just said she broke down in tears. Her friend told her, you know, why don't you turn to Jesus? And he said, at least try. So she hung up, and she prayed, and I quote, Jesus, if you're real, Show me. And Letitia shared that she gave up her acting to God. She gave her life in surrender to God. That night she said she felt a darkness lift off of her and something else, the Holy Spirit, come upon her. She said at that moment she had peace and joy. And she said, God, I'm going to give you a year. But she said, God changed my heart in a month. And she, she, she kept praying. She kept going to church. She's like, whoo. Then 
a while later, she says, God, tell her, I want you to go back. I want you to go back to acting. And she said, I don't want to go back now. Right? And she says this beautiful thing. If you're not going, then I don't want to go. If your presence is not there, I do not want to go anywhere. Your presence is not. And then she says, she says, God said, I could trust you now. I could trust you now. I got the right heart now. And after that, she got all these jobs, uh, apparently working for Liam Neeson, uh, a project with Steven Spielberg. And she's like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm content. Okay, thanks, Jesus. You know, I just, I'm, I just want to have my Jesus time. And then this audition comes for the Black Panther. And she said she just did it and she forgot about it. But then Jesus, this is so funny. Jesus told her, pray about Black Panther. And she's like, I'm cool. I'm cool, God. Like, I don't, I don't need this. He says, please, pray about Black Panther. And she's like, okay. So she's praying about it. And she kept giving it to the Lord. And one day in prayer, God told her, I'm going to give you this role. And this is before, you know, she, anything was confirmed. And she said, just to show you, here you go again. I'm going to give you a couple signs. Someone is going to call you to go to L.A. And here are some details of the contract. <laughs> it's wild, right? And she was like, okay, God, you know, if this is just like a faith test, you know, I believe you, you know, but if I don't get it, I'm cool, God. I'm cool. Then God told her, I'm going to give you the role of Shuri. And tell your agent before you even board the plane that you got the role. And she's like, what? So she tells her agent. And she gets that call from L.A. And that agent says, this was the details in the contract and the match. And she says, okay. Okay, now I got I to gotta tell you something. Uh, God told me I'm going to get that role. And then her agent, who is this Nigerian Christian apparently, <laughs> you know, a person at the right place at the right time, he said, if God told you, then that's it. You see the same thread of faith in the word of God. God told you, that's it. And we know that is actually what she did and that is it. And she's increasing. If you see Black Panther, the second one even, you'll see her role increase. That was stuff that she didn't know about. We didn't know, you know, spoiler, but Chadwick Boseman, you know, who played the Black Panther, he, he passed away. God knew all these things. All If you consider all these things. Now, certainly it's not Black Panther, it's not Mary, but you see in here, do you see someone who felt the loneliness in her life like a nobody, but we see God's favor. Do you see God's word coming and trusting in that word? And do you see surrender, her posture of surrender throughout this? It's not just a one-time surrender. This posture of surrender as each piece of news comes. I'd like to invite up the worship team at this time. What does this have to do with us? What is our posture before God's word? Not just this morning. So first off, are we taking the time 
to be in his word before everything else. Is this word first for you? How often do you meditate on the Bible? Is God's word leading your life or is somebody else's words leading your life? And last but not least, are we surrendered to his word? Are you keeping his word at arm's length or are you doing what he tells you? Say, I'm your servant. Are we blocking his blessing? Dave, what if I'm not doing any of these things? You know, I haven't been in his word. I haven't been surrendering. God, you got me. It's all right. Well, this right here, today, right now, is your opportunity. I invite you to stand. If you feel like a nobody before this word, good. Because God has special favor, special grace, undeserved favor for the nobodies. Now take in his word to you. Now whatever he's speaking to you right now, maybe something the Lord is pressing on your heart, on your mind, that just strikes you. Maybe it's that. Maybe you already know what it is. But those that, I don't know what you're talking about. Above all, this word this morning, God has sent a Savior to you in Jesus. This is a fulfillment. We stand because of the fulfillment of God's word. You know, the name Jesus, Yeshua, it means God saves in Hebrew. It means God saves. That's what he is about. The kingdom of Jesus will never end. And he's come into this world and he wants you to be a part of this kingdom, to participate in. Not Wakanda forever, it's kingdom of God forever. Trust that in his word. His promises to you will never fail. Because God stands behind his word. So let's surrender to God's word right now. Let him be the truth. Let everything else fall away. Let him have his way right now. Don't block it. And see what amazing things he wants to do in and through you. Let him speak to you. Now I'm saying in my, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Because you know the haters are going to keep hating. But God is going to give you true life that no one can take from you. The God who loves the nobodies, whose word never fails, and who will be with you. Let's surrender ourselves to him. Jesus, thank you for having favor on us that we don't deserve. We receive that. Thank you for your great word, Lord God, and promises to us that you gave to Mary and that we are part of a fulfillment of. We want to receive that word. We want to receive your son, Jesus. Help us to surrender now, to trust you. Surrender again. The first time or maybe the tenth time, the hundredth time, we surrender to you. Let it be as you, your word has said. Let it be fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So as, as we worship, if you'd like prayer, I encourage you to come to the front, come to the side. Some leader, someone from the prayer team can be available to pray with you. Let's respond to the Lord.